we have a problem. <laughs> when we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we have a problem. And this is the problem. Heaven won't fit into earth as it is. And so when we pray that, this is what we're praying. God, interrupt my life so that you will fit more than you have into my life. Many of you are facing a Christmas that you had not anticipated. A few of you, for a few of you, this is going to be a better Christmas than you ever dreamed. But for many of you, this is going to be a painful time that you never planned. And you're wondering, is God still here? And the answer is, oh yeah. (laughs) Because God comes into this world by interruption. Not by our plans, not by our arrangements, not by our expectations, but by interruption. Somebody once said, if you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans. <laughs> you know, I, I, we have this, somewhere we got the idea that if we just try hard enough, you know, life will work out. Uh, it, 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 you know, you just got to press on harder. I don't know how many of you, um, most of you have a, a, a cell phone and, 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 and it's a smartphone. And, and, and for those of you who are over 40, let's say, you know, there may come a, a time when, when, it, when it just isn't working like it's supposed to. And, and so what's your normal reaction? It's to press harder. You know, hey, come on, just press. And then you start complaining that my phone's not working. It's, and then somebody probably under 40 in the room will say this. Do you need to reboot? Let me tell you something about life. Doesn't get better by pressing harder. You need to reboot. You need because re- God is in the business of starting us over in order to make us better. If you read the Christmas story, it is one interruption after the other. Why? Because God didn't fit into the world as it was. And it interrupts the lives of people. You know, how many of you think, seriously, the Magi, remember I told you about the Magi, they, were, they had it made in their, in their culture. I mean, they were the most respected religiously, the most respected scientifically. They were the, the deal. How many of you think that they were really planning on a thousand mile camel journey because of something they saw in the sky? No, that was an interruption. How many of you, you know, you, we go to Elizabeth and Zacharias. Now, here's an older couple. They, they had a sadness in them because they were childless. But you know what? They, they, they learned to adjust. And they learned that life goes on. And, 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 and he had this big deal coming up where he got to serve in the temple. You know, you draw lots of thousands of priests at that time. But his number came up. It was like winning a lottery, only in a good way, in a religious way. And then they get this message 
This seemingly impossible interruption, one that was probably not even welcome at that time. Because, as the Bible says, I I love how how King James puts it, they were well stricken in years. Don't you love that? They were well stricken in years, you know? I'm going, present. You know, I'm not sure when it comes, I'm not sure when it happened in my life that every time I got out of a chair I made a sound. But I'm, I'm getting well stricken in years. And you know, when you're well stricken in years, you kind of got a routine down. You know, I mean, it's not always the best, but you know how to work it. And all of a sudden, God interrupts. Because his plans for you are way bigger than your plans for you. His plans through you to the world are way bigger than anything you could ever ask or even dream. And therefore, there's an interruption. And Mary and Joseph... You know, I think I've told you before. I mean, they must have been saying, why can't we just have a normal life? You know, I'm a little teenage girl, engaged to be married, pretty psyched up about this. Boom, I'm pregnant. Why can't I just have, how many of you? Don't raise your hand. (laughs) Just say every once in a while, God, why can't I just have a normal life? Just a normal life. Of course, you know the answer to that. A, there is no such thing as a normal life. And B, (laughs) God's plans for you are bigger than your normal. God has something to do with your life way bigger than normal. And so here they go, awkward, but they go because their life was interrupted. And what about the shepherds, the lunch pail people? I love these people. These are my people. I come from blue collar, factory workers. You know, you show up for work. That's what you do. Nobody asks you how you're feeling or how your day was, you know. Who cares? You don't work, you don't get paid. Show up for work. They, they show up for work, you know. Lunch pail people. Keeping their watch over the flocks by night. That's what they did. It wasn't clean. It wasn't pleasant. It was just their work and suddenly boom you know ordinary life has a way of being interrupted and the interruptions come from several places I mean you can trace them back you know there there, you may have an interruption in your life that's a that's a consequence of something you've done and it isn't pleasant but you you know okay my bad you may have an interruption in your life. You may be facing a Christmas that is, that is different, maybe even painful. Not because of what you did, but because of what happened to those around you. There are interruptions that come from the bad side and interruptions that come straight from God. But, but God uses all interruptions to further his plans. You don't have to track down the cause. You have to keep your eye on the purpose And so that's what we do when we begin to explore this Christmas story, which is really your story. The reason we do this every year is not to commemorate an event 2,000 years ago. It's to read your biography. Because God is still coming into the world and he wants to use your life. And so that's why you're going through what you are. 
The important thing is not so much the nature of the interruption, but the nature of your response. Because God wants to make us bigger than we are. Because he has more esteem for our lives than we have. It's been that way, by the way, and I won't take long on this, from the beginning of our faith journey as a people, back with Abraham. You know, Abraham had it made. He lived in his daddy's house. They had all kinds of livestock, all kinds of relatives, high status. And God interrupted his life, called him out to land. He didn't know where he was even going. But it went. Moses, chilling at the palace. You know, adopted into this really great family. Power, status. God interrupted his life. Gideon, this little farm boy. Their, their country was being attacked by these very fierce, you know, armies. And, and he was just trying at the mill, just down at the mill, trying to get some grain processed. And, and this angel shows up. And says, hail, mighty warrior. And Gideon's thinking, what? I'm a farmer. And the angel said, no, I've got, I, we're going to use you to combat these forces. And Gideon argues. You know, you, you can kind of argue with God. You can't win, but you can argue. You know. He says, no, you don't understand. I come from the smallest tribe. And I'm the smallest guy in my family. But it didn't take away the characterization of the angel. Because God saw him as a mighty warrior. He didn't see himself like that. But God saw him as a mighty warrior. Guess what he became? A mighty warrior. It doesn't matter how you see yourself. Sooner or later, God's trying to get you to see you like he sees you. Because that's how he wants to use you. And that's why these interruptions that are so uncomfortable come into your life. Because, as it says, and and let me just go back to the the text here. And Pastor Robert from Uganda, I, I just, you know... I can guarantee, as Pastor Robert was growing up, this man that, we've, that has been here, he's preached to us, he's one of our pastors, guarantee growing up, he never foresaw, he never planned one day that not only would he be partners with a church in the U.S., but in his country, they would be planting hundreds and hundreds of churches. Never saw that. We didn't see it either. But God interrupted us. And so it says, in the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly, a surprise is always sudden. Sometimes you look back and you think, I should have saw that coming. I should have seen that coming. But the surprise is sudden, suddenly, and suddenly. An angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord showed around them, and they were terribly frightened. You, could, you become, most of our, our reactions to surprises are to become unhinged. And it didn't stop there. 
In verse 13, there's another surprise. It says, and suddenly there appeared with an angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying. Now, it would be one thing if you had one surprise at a time. But many of you, the surprises just keep happening. You know, you go, oh, no. Okay, you kind of get half a job. Oh, no. Here comes another one. Some of you are living this life right now. There's surprise after surprise after surprise. Yeah. Been there. Here's what you have to remember. This is one of the key verses, and I, I probably say this verse every day of my life. For every unforeseen circumstance, whether bad or good, and most of them are good or, or, or bad, or at least complicated. Romans 8.28. You got to memorize this. You got to. And we know that God causes all things to work together <clears throat> for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And we know <clears throat> God causes all things, not the good things, not just the good things, not just the predictable things, but the bad things and the unpredictable things, all things to work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Do you believe that? Because see, if you believe that, that gives you the kind of inner peace and flexibility. You know, I used to say, there's, there's one primary rule when you go water skiing. Keep your knees bent. Keep your knees bent. Because you, you, you need shock absorbers. Your legs are shock absorbers. The same thing is true with being pulled around by God. You know, you got to keep your knees bent because you need the flexibility. All right. And so that's rule number one. And the way you do that is you, you every time something happens and you're facing it, you go, well, you know what? I don't know how, but I believe God's going to work this for good. Long time ago, I read a story about a... Uh, a kid, um, his, his, his nickname was uh, Sparky. And, uh, and I think it was in a book entitled Destiny, but I can't remember the title of the book. It's a true story. But this kid was, this is really nice kid, you know. And he was growing up, but he didn't have any particular strengths, you know, uh, and, or any successes. And he went all through school. He wasn't as particularly good at academics, you know. He, I think he... he the book said he had the record for the lowest math uh, score in, in this particular test in the entire history of the school. And, and, uh, but he was a nice kid, shy, socially awkward. He wanted so badly to, you know, have the courage to ask out a girl, you know, and could never just quite do it, you know, just, you know, totally innocent, totally gullible. They, they used to play practical jokes on on this kid, you know, because he'd fall for it every time, every time. When he, when he got out of high school, he tried several things and failed, but his favorite thing was to draw. He loved drawing. And, and so he, he sent in some of his sketches to various, you know, um, um, publishing places or, or art, um, 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 organizations. Disney was one of them. Everyone reject, 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 reject. 
Every one of them. He wouldn't be dissuaded. So he decided, here's what I'll do. I'm going to write my autobiography in cartoons. Because I kind of think my life is a cartoon. Sparky's real name was Charles Schultz. He was Charlie Brown. He was just the nice kid who wasn't a good baseball player. He was the nice kid who couldn't get enough courage to ask out the little red-headed girl. He was the wonderful gullible kid who thought, well, maybe this one time Lucy won't pull the football away again. That was him. That was his life. And he became one of the most beloved characters in the history of our country. Charles Schultz was a believer. He believed in Romans 8.28. You know, every failure, every interruption, every unexpected negative that we have in our life, God causes all that to work for good, really. So, I want to tell you four things that I want you to remember when surprises come. Not if surprises come, when surprises come. And again, many of you are, are living surprise after surprise. Not just in your life, but in the lives of the people you love. And you're right in the midst of that right now. The first one, I've just been telling you, surprise looks like it takes away an alternative that you have chosen to live your life. But what it does is it really provides you with more alternatives to live your life. Watch this. For a better life than you had planned. In God's sight. For a better life than you had planned. Did you ever, did you ever wonder God's main purpose for your life? Ultimately, it's spiritual maturity. Ultimately, it's being able to see God in everything. It's not happiness. Everybody goes, God wants me to be happy. Seriously? That all you got? I mean, God likes it when you are happy. That's fine. That'll last about five minutes, but good. Enjoy. But do you really think that's the whole purpose that he has for your life? No. He wants to use your life for something great. He wants to use your life for something that surpasses just the simple things we had planned for ourselves. The doable things, the comfortable things. This is what it says in Hebrews chapter 6. It says, therefore leaving the elementary teaching about Christ. Do you ever wonder why I just don't get up every Sunday and give an altar call? You know? Okay, y'all need to get saved. Or give a, a sermon on on, you know, how to stop sinning or how to, you know, um, um, or, or the Bible is the word of God and so on and so forth. Well, why don't do that every week? Because those are the, those are the, no, those are things that most of you already believe. Most of you already know. The real question you have is, now what? I mean, how do I do that? I mean, seriously. So this says, let us press on to maturity. Do you know how to get maturity? You got to face Surprise. You've got to face the unexpected. And you've got to go on from there. As, as Kaylee was saying, you've got to find the hallelujah in the times that aren't so good. In the times that, that are vacant and painful. 
That's maturity. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith toward God. You already know that stuff. Now I will give an altar call every once in a while. I'm going to give one, you know, um, second week in January. So bring your unsaved friends. You know, you can tell them or not. I don't care. But we'll do this every once in a while. And I'll remind you every once in a while that the Bible is the, the word of God. And I'll remind you every once in a while that, you know, sin just hurts you. So, you know, you ought to try and quit, you know. But here's the deal. The grace of God is more than sufficient. And so we, we've got to go on to what's deeper and what God wants to use in a deeper way. And so remember this. Remember that what looks like it's taking power away from you, that interruption that you have, is really giving you more power and more maturity because you learn how to respond in ways that are productive. Number two, your interruptions aren't mainly about you. Let me say that again. The interruption in your life is not mainly about you. If God wants to use your life to bless other people, then he won't just interrupt you for your sake or to teach you a lesson. Listen to what it says. Let me, let me go a little bit further here. It says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of, no, wait, I bring you. Remember what I said when the Bible says you? You got to read this in Southern. When the Bible says you, it means y'all. All y'all. And so when it says I bring you, it's I'm bringing all y'all. I'm bringing all y'all good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. There it is. For today in the city of David, there has been born for all y'all a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, the second lesson is this. When we get interruptions in our lives, many times it's to make way for the needs of other people they're gonna, when we, sometimes when we're stalled, it's not because we're not ready, it's because they're not ready. And, and, and God wants us to go together. Sometimes when, when we, we can't proceed, it's because they need to proceed instead of us proceeding. I was, I was in Indianapolis one day, and I was driving, this is years and years ago, I was driving down Route 40. So those of you from Indianapolis know that, and, and this is a kind of a major highway, and so at this point there was this, there was this kind of three-lane um, three stoplights, and we were stopped at a stoplight. I was just right in front of the, I was the first one looking at the red. And, uh, and you know, when you're stopped, you, you do two things. I do two things. I look around at, at people. You know, I'm, I look in my rearview mirror to see who's behind me. There was this guy rocking out, you know, behind me. His windows were open, uh, up, and he was listening to music, and his head we went back and forth. And, and uh, the, the car was just expanding with, with the bass, you know, and he was just rocking out. But the second thing I do is I always look, just because I'm so conscious of, of, you know, getting where I need to go, I always look at the, the light for the opposite lane, the green light. When I got a red light, that's green, to look when it turns yellow. So I'm ready to go. All right? So I looked up at the green, 
And it just clicked on the yellow, and, I, and, and my eyes were directed, and here comes this ambulance. And I, my windows were down, so I could hear the siren. I could, hear the, I could see the red flashing light. It was, it was still, you know. And so when our light flashed green, I didn't go, because that ambulance was going to come right in front of us. And the rest of the, the, the other two cars that went, didn't go either. The guy behind me didn't see the ambulance. And so he lays on his horn. Now, they didn't have road rage back then like we do now. But, uh, but he, so he didn't have a gun on, on me. But he, but he laying on his horn and he's honking, you know, move, move. He's shaking his fist. And then he's pointing, at, starting to point up the light and he saw the ambulance coming. And he, this is what happened. He went from this to this. Now I see why you wouldn't move. See, when you're stalled, many times it's because somebody has a need that's bigger than yours to go. It's bigger than your moment of this is what should be happening right now. And so I want you to know that God thinks in terms of all y'all, not just your particular circumstance. When you're interrupted, remember that. And then here's another thing to remember. Remember that you need people around you who will kind of confirm you're not crazy and that God is at work. Because, because seriously, if you, if you just read through the Christmas story, if you, if, if you just had your own perspective, you would think, this is nuts. Seriously, this is nuts. Some of you look at your life and you say, this is nuts. This is, I'm, I, I think I'm a little crazy here because this is nuts. When, when, when Gideon... When the angel, I'm sorry, Gabriel, when the angel Gabriel came to Mary. Do you remember what he said? Mary, you're going to have a baby. And Mary's going, how's that going to happen? And, and, and Gabriel said, well, it's a Holy Spirit thing. Holy Spirit come upon you and overshadow you. And, and then what did he say? He said, your kinsman, Elizabeth, you know that one well, well stricken with years? Is six months pregnant. Well, that's... Mary just said, okay, I'm in. And immediately went to be with Elizabeth. Why? Because she needed another voice that would say, no, you're not crazy. God's at work. And it helped that the older voice said, yeah, I've been through a lot and we'll get through this just fine. It's not that she had any advice on childbearing because she never had a child either, but, but it's that they were together. They were together. And, and so what, what does it say in here? It says, um, uh, it, it says um, verse 11, <clears throat> for today in the city of David, there's been born for all y'all a savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws, lying in a manger. Suddenly there was... The multitude, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said and began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in a manger. You know, I think most of our year of 2017 is going, to, is going to be making sure that every one of us has a relationship 
that can tell us, no, you're not crazy. Yes, God is at work. And if you already have a relationship that says, no, you're not crazy, you need also for that conversation to say, God is at work. God is at work. I know these interruptions. I know you're in shock. I know, I know you never could have possibly planned for something like this. No normal person would. But God is at work. You need those voices. All of us, all y'all, all us all need those voices. And that's part of the Christmas story. So in, in response to surprise, you've got to find people you can be with. We're going we're gonna to help you do that. And then here's the last thing I want to tell you. The last principle is that when you get with these people, don't expect them to have answers for you. I mean, just, just expect the minimal. No, you're not crazy and God's at work. But don't expect them to know what's going on with your life. Because I don't care how religious they are or how close to God they are. Look at what else it says here. They went and they found Joseph and Mary and the babies. They lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things they were told by, by the shepherds. This is Mary and Joseph. This is the Holy Family. They, they don't have the answers. They wonder at the things. I, I mean, it's not just they were surprised. It's that they didn't know what happened from then on. They didn't know how this was going to go. The Bible says Mary just kept all these things, pondering them in her heart. Don't expect people to know for you what, what you should do or how, how your life is going to proceed. Every once in a while, one of you comes up to me and, and, and asks me to interpret a dream. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Holy cow. I can't, I can't even interpret your circumstances, for crying out loud, let alone your dreams. I'm no good at it. Here's what we got to get over. We got to get over thinking that life is predictable and orderly and neat or that ever should be. Or that it ever should be. I know people who feel terribly guilty because their life is a mess. Why? I mean, especially when you're living in a chaotic circumstance, you young mothers who have young children, and you feel so ashamed because your household is a mess. Seriously? Holy cow. Somebody once said, you show me a young mother with a neat house, I'll show you somebody who has wasted a lot of time. You know the story of this, don't you? You walk out of the room, you're not out a half a second, you turn back, and it looks like a hurricane happened in that room. And you're just so, oh, well, my house is not. Listen, if you're a person with young children, your main household utility should be a shovel. Just to make it navigable, all right? Just, just shovel a path for crying out loud. And, and for the rest of us, you're, there are many messes around. We don't have kids around, but there are many messes around. Shovel. Just make it navigable for crying out loud. Just get to where you need to go and stop apologizing that your life isn't in order. Because that's not how life goes. Life is chaotic and life gets interrupted. Jesus was the most interruptible person ever. As you read about his life, you know, he had this destination. He had places he was going. 
But he was the only one who would stop for the crazy guy. He was the, everybody else avoided the crazy guy. Not Jesus. He went straight to the crazy guy. Let's drop off and talk to the crazy guy. Yeah, I know he broke chains, but I, I'm kind of interested. I want to hear his story. He was the only one to stop for the blind people. Every, a whole crowd was, was ignoring them. And, and, and they were crying out, son of David, you know, stop. The only one who would stop for children. Everybody else was going, get the kids out of here. What are the kids doing in here for crying out? Get them out. And Jesus said, stop that. Let them come to me. This is, this is the kingdom of God right here. He brought a child before him, laid hands on him. Here's a, unless you become like one of these. You know, the ones that everybody else was avoiding was Jesus' very point. He's the only one who would stop in the middle of a crowd when literally no one else even saw who they were trampling. But Jesus just felt one touch at the hem of his garment. And he stopped everything. He interrupted everything to pay attention. That's who we follow. That's who we need to be like. We need to be interruptible because let me tell you this, this last point. Not only is life not neat and orderly and predictable, but no relationship with any passion or intimacy is. You can act out expected roles, and many people do that with God. You know, they just try to do the expected roles, and, you know, they believe in God. And, but you press them and say, have you got a close relationship with God? They go, oh, what do you mean close? You know what relationships are like? Relationships depend. Their status of a relationship is the status of the last personal interaction. I don't care. Relationships are always fluid. They're always fluid. And it's that way with God. And that's why paying attention to his interruptions are so important. And to know that your life isn't interrupted out of no sense whatsoever, but out of God coming closer to you and coming into the world through you. That's what it's about. And we all need to pay attention to that. When I was a little boy, I'll, I'll close with this. I went to church with my grandmother, and she was a good old Methodist. This is before the United Methodist Church. This is Methodist. Holiness Methodist, you know. And I loved to go to worship. I wasn't much for Sunday school. I, I, but, but when I was in, in, in elementary school, she'd, she'd take me to Sunday school. And, and, uh, and I remember one time, I think it was in, like in the fourth grade or something like that. And this is the days they had the flannel graph Jesus, you know, in the... You know, when the flannel graph was old, you know, the, the lambs kept peeling off and it would stick anymore. But, but so she, well, we had this fourth grade teacher who was not an ordinary uh, Sunday school teacher. You know, in, in, in nice, polite Sunday school, any answer you give is fine. It's acceptable because they don't want to hurt your feelings. We had, a drill, we had a drill instructor. You know, she'd ask questions and somebody would venture a guess and she'd say, that's ridiculous. Find, find that in scripture for me, for crying out loud. You know, it's just like, holy cow. So there wasn't just a lot of free willing, you know, and let me answer that question. She came in one day, we were studying the Lord's Prayer. 
She said, I got a question for you. Now, now, before I say this, let me say, the, the enjoyable thing about this class is I was getting to an age where not all girls had cooties. You know, there was this, and, and this little Sally Price in our, in our, in, in our uh, um, I remember her name. I can't remember exactly what she looked like. But I, I, just, I just remember thinking she probably doesn't have as many cooties as most girls do. Because she was so innocent, she just she loved God and she just always cheerful and and so anyhow, so the teacher comes in. I got a question for you, Lord's prayer. When it says, "Give us this day our daily bread," let me ask you this question: Why don't we pray for a week's worth of bread? I mean, for crying out loud, then you could have a supply. You wouldn't be worried. Is there going to be bread? Why don't we pray for a week's worth of bread? Well, silence over the room. Nobody wanted to raise their hand. This was a drill instructor. We could have been killed if we had had a wrong answer. (laughs) Except Sally Price. This innocent little, she was a female Charlie Brown. She raised her hand and she looked at this teacher and she said, in the first place, I don't worry about bread or what God's going to give me. And I never will. And in the second place, who in the world wants to eat weak old bread when you can have it fresh every day? (laughs) Who in the world wants to live an old formulaic religion when you have a fresh every day? Your latest interruption is from God. He's doing something with your life. Pay attention. Pay attention. Because he's going to pull you closer. And he's going to come into the world through you. Pray with me. Lord, thank you for this word. Thank you that you won't let us settle for what we think is the plan for our life. Because you have bigger plans for us than we could ever ask or imagine. You think more of us than we do. And you want to come through us so that other people can know your love and your grace and your greatness. So we ask you to use us for that. Help us to pay attention in the interruptions to the good that you will bring out of it. To know that it's not just about us. It's about how you want to bless others through this interruption. We ask you to take the words of your word and apply them to our minds that we might not grow shallow, and to our hearts that we might not grow cold, and to our feet that we might be doers of the word and not hearers only. Amen.